The United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. <coughs> I'm Andy Mitten and the world feels quite a wonderful place on Monday morning because, well, Manchester United are winning, again, six straight wins. This one is the most significant one so far. At Tottenham away, it was the first major, major test for the new manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and he passed it. I would have taken a draw all day long, and Manchester United have won, and I looked at the league table, and (laughs) they're closing down on the teams who were miles ahead of them, and the manager believes that he can close the gap, so who are we to to doubt him? The guest today is... Andy Cole, he's a 47-year-old father of two from uh, Nottingham, but he's lived in Manchester for most of his life. Uh, his occupation was listed, he's actually listed on his passport as scoring goals, and he scored over 300 at various uh, different clubs. I'm going to try and remember them all. Uh, Arsenal, Bristol City, Newcastle United, Manchester United, Blackburn Rovers. Then I start to get a bit... I know you played at Fulham... Portsmouth, Manchester City. City fans like you, actually. Mm. Anyone else? Have I missed anyone? Forest at the end. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Tell me, how good does it feel? Uh, at the moment, yeah, seeing the boys pick up the way they are, it feels uh, really good, definitely. Did you expect this? Football's a funny game, so you never know what to expect in football. I've got to be brutally honest. Did I expect Manchester United to have... Um, San Mourinho, no. Uh, did I expect Manchester United to appoint Oli to the end of the season? No. So well, that's just football. But what Oli's done, he looked like he's gone in there and he's galvanised everyone. And just the way they're playing and getting results is the most important thing. And they're doing that at the moment. Six straight wins. Some going. It is some going. But as, as you know, Andrew... Um, You're going to call me Andrew and I call you Andy? Yeah. <laughs> Um, confidence is massive in this game. Yeah, it's massive. And like I said, I, I just think Ollie's gone in there, and he's picked up a lot of the boys and given them a hell of a lot of confidence. Ben and Alex Ferguson, same thing, you know. I remember all he used to say to us all the time was, "Go out there and enjoy yourself." You know, you're, you're here to entertain. Enjoy yourself. You know, never look back when you retire and say, oh, "I didn't enjoy this or I didn't enjoy that." He said. You're here. You play for Manchester United, go and enjoy it and entertain. And it looks like that's what the boys are doing now. And that lifts your confidence when he says that. It takes pressure off you. Yeah, if, if your manager can tell you to go out there and entertain and enjoy yourself, there's no way you can go out there in a, in a negative phrase um, part of mind because you'll turn around and say, yourself, well, that's what the manager wants me to do. He wants me to be positive, so I'm going to go out there and do just that. And so Matt Busby used to say the same thing. It, it, would, it would skip on tactics and just say... Go and entertain this crowd. Yeah. It's only football. <laughs> Which Go and enjoy yourself. You have to be brutally honest. That's what it is. Mm. You know, it's, it, it's not life or death. It's a, it's a beautiful game. Uh, and it's something that you should go out there and enjoy. You know, running around, getting a dab on. What, what more can you want in life? When were you, you at your most confident on a football pitch? When were you just thinking... Quarter this five... Is Really? After five years, could be finished. I'm usually one. Yeah? Yeah, so, yeah. But no, no, I, I think just going out there and, you know, when, when you're in a rich vein of form... It's a buzz. 
Yeah, it's, it's a real, real buzz. It's a real, it's a massive, massive buzz because you know, like, you know, Rich made in the form, the team's playing well. You've got opportunity of going out there and winning the game or you might have an opportunity to go out there and, and get yourself a goal or whatever, but you're looking at what you're trying to achieve come May. I think that's, 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 that's the big thing for me. So this weekend, I mean, this, is, this podcast is inspired by many things. Documentary on Bob Marley, Trenchtown Rock, watching non-league football, watching Barcelona in Camp Now. Your first trip back to the, the Camp Now since you were a, a player. And you're talking about confidence. One of the greatest games of football I've ever seen was Barcelona 3, Manchester United 3 in 1998. Yeah. And I always remember Sir Alex Ferguson saying... His dream as a manager was to have a team good enough to go to Barca away and attack them, not play defensively, which 95% of the teams have to do that, even Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And in 98, he felt that he had it. And that Barca team of Guardiola, Luis Enrique, Rivaldo, Figo was probably the best player. And it was, it was just the most amazing game. I sat next to Hugh McIlvenio as a young journalist and... It was just purring on, oh, this is wonderful. Mm. What was it like to play in? Yeah, well, I've got goose pimples there, mate. Oh, yeah. uh, you know what, to, to play in, you know, because I, I've, I've seen something of that, that clip recently, because it's 20 years now, and to play in, was, it, was, it was special. It was very, very special. Did you think you could beat them? Yes. Really? We've been saying that we believe we could beat anyone that season. Yeah. Anyone, it didn't matter who you were. And, like I said, watching the clips, the goals... The entertainment, the smiles, the mood, just just everything, you know. Reminiscing, I, I don't I don't do a lot of that because unfortunately I'm not the kind of guy who wants to look back. I always want to try and go forward even more so this year, you know. But like I said, seen quite a few of those clips like the past couple of weeks and then the back end of last year when everyone talked about twenty years of winning the treble and that it's like, oh my god. And you're answered the corner flag and the away fans were on the top tier and you were looking and pointing them out where they were and I remember um, there was an advert you seemed to point at an advert what's the story yeah, there? Yeah, the, the story behind there because um, I think everyone knows me I, I, I wasn't the best trainer I wasn't the best trainer in the world. Were you a bad trainer? Yeah, I don't know what If there was 20 of you running round, where would you be? I'd possibly be last Last? Yeah Who would be in front of you? Like 19th? Um I'm not even sure because it, it, it depends on what day it was. Right. You know, it was just one of those ones. Did you not get a bollocking for being a bad trainer? Uh, no, no, because the, the gaffer was very good. I think the gaffer was more worried about what you'd done the weekend. Yeah. Also, I'm told Sergio Guerrero's a terrible trainer. And look what he does. But he just weekend. scores goals. Yeah. So I, I remember that the night before, uh, the gaffer kept shouting at me to, me, um, to focus and to stop messing about in training. But like, it was like, you go out. First time to the new camp, you know, you go out to empty stadium, naturally there's a few people there. Um, they are saying to myself, wow, this is amazing. So, do you know you're going to have the opportunity to go back? Of course you don't. So for me, it was like taking it all in and having a bit of a mess about with my boy Yorkie and the rest of them and that. And like I said, the gaffer just kept screaming at me to focus. And, you know, so I said to the boys, look, if I score tomorrow, you know, I'm going to run over to the, the sign and, and point out focus. Ah, Ford Focus, because they were right. a sponsor. They were, yeah. You know, and I was fortunate to do that. At that end, where the forward focus time was. And there were some fans who'd sneaked into the away end who were right by that sign That's as well. Right. That's right, yeah. 
that's, that's right. Does it make a difference when you've got a big away following? Uh, yes. I, you know, I, I've got to be brutally honest. I, I, I just think the away fans at Manchester United are the special. They're absolutely unbelievable. Why, the songs? The, the songs, the intensity, you know, they just galvanise, galvanise. And especially that I remember that year as well, winning the treble. Like I said, this this reminiscing thing, man, it's um going to like Chirin away. Yeah. And you look up at them, you know, especially Turin away, you mentioned that you look up at them, you we go two 0 down and they are still giving it plenty. We're two 0 down by the way, no team's ever won it, sorry, um British team. Yeah. And they're still giving it plenty. If that can't galvanise you, I mean, push you forward. What can? And not just the did it then. I remember the game against Charlton. You know, when Yorkie got the late header. I think we ended up beating Charlton 2-1. That day, they were phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal as well. So not just in the Champions League, but... Like the Valley. Yeah. In the league that season. The, the special, the away punters are special. Do you fancy coming in and away end? Yeah, I, I will do. I will do. Um... I mean, I, I, you know, <laughs> I've been asked so many times before as uh, you fancy coding. I mean, I, I, I've, I've had this, and I'm, I'm fortunate, I, I'm, I know I'm fortunate, you know, and I, I can say it now. You know, uh, I've had this unbelievable support from the Manchester United fans, not just through my playing career, you know, obviously falling ill and all that, and just the rapport I have with them. It's, it's, it's special. So you get lots of support on social media. Yeah, and it's, it's very, very special. People coming up to you in real life. Yeah. And so if you come into an away end and you're up for it, what happens if people start singing your song? You can't can't sing for yourself, can you? No, no, I'll, I'll be honest. I can't lie. I get, not can't lie. I, I do get embarrassed because I'm saying myself, look, my time's come and gone, you know? Yeah, I know... Yeah, that's, you, that's part of their affection towards you and that. But I, I watch the game and I say to myself, oh my God. I mean, like, when I went in the um, way and when we played Liverpool and that, and they're singing my song and, you know, they're all getting behind me and all that. I'm saying to myself, oh man. It must, so brilliant, that. Oh, it, it must be brilliant. It is brilliant. It must be brilliant. It is brilliant. But you see, what people fail to understand about me, you know, is for me, it's not all about adulation. That's, I didn't play football for that. I played football because I loved it. You know, I was fortunate to play for Manchester United because I was perceived to be good enough to play for Manchester United. So now I retire, I don't sit there and think about how good I was to play for Manchester United or pull my medals out of the top draw every day and say, oh, yeah. Nah. You're looking forward as well. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like I said, I've never, ever been comfortable with education. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I'm no different than a working class man. We've got to be brutal and honest. I know where my parents have come from. I know how tough it was for my parents. You know, so so you, your parents came from Jamaica, Jamaica. in the Windrush generation right. and yeah. settled in Nottingham and your dad became a miner yeah. Yeah. and then found himself in the miners' strike yeah. and stuck to his principles. There you go. So, Which, as a black man in Nottingham... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough period. It's, it's tough Did he speak to you about that? No, we, we, we've never spoke about it. We've never spoke about it. And, and, and that's what I'm saying, you know, for me personally, I, I'm, I come from a... I'm not going to call it working. Yeah, it is working class, you know. Of I mean, course, you're from the working yeah, class. Which bit of Nottingham are you from? It's, it's a working class background. I, I grew up in a place called um, Lenton when I was a kid. Right. It's a working class background. You know, the money was tight. You know, I well, left, when, when did you first go on a plane? I, I didn't go on a plane until I was 15. And that was because I was at the national school. Right. I left the year before I left home at 14 years of age. 
know, to try and give myself um, opportunity to think I was good enough to play football. A year later, like I said, that I flew for the first time, you know, and I'm looking back on my career now and I've said to myself, I've basically travelled the world, I've achieved things that I'd never believe I'd ever achieve, you know. So when people talk about adulation and you this and that, nah, nah, nah. That's a byproduct of the talent, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you could you could score under pressure in front of 50, 60, 70,000 people against the best defenders in the world mm. and you would be judged very harshly because if you weren't scoring, you would get strongly criticised. Yeah. So you, you've, got to, you've got to score, you've got to deliver. Yeah, you, you've got to deliver. I've For the best team. Yeah, and that's the way the game's changed now. Um, because I, I, was, I, was, I, think, I think I was saying to you, or I was saying to a friend of mine, it's, it's crazy now because the game's changed. There's a centre forward now. If you scored yourself like 10 goals in the Premier League, someone's talking about you worth 50 million. You turn around and say, yourself, hold on, 50 million? You've only got 10 goals. I mean, Olivier Giroud, I think, went four or five months without scoring a league goal. I was saying in my era, if you ever went like four or five months without scoring, you must be getting sold. You know, so that's how much the game's changed now. You know, oh, he's not scored for three games, you know, he's gone, he's gone for um, a bad patch. People are going like months now. You know, so it's changed again. I don't know if they're saying goal score has become even tougher, which I, I don't believe it has. Because watch it, when I watch the Premier League now, I say to myself, if I was fit now, oh my God, when I was at the age, the Premier League looks, no one wants to defend anymore. And so you I think you get more goals? Me and Yorkie have this conversation all the time. Do you? Yeah. How's he's, he doing, Yorkie? Yeah, he's doing really well. We have this conversation all the time, we have a laugh and joke about it. Bit, we reckon we score for fun. Yeah, you'd no score even more. Yeah, no one wants to defend it. When did you first realise you were good at putting a football into a net? Uh, How old were you? Like five or something? No, I, 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 wished, I wished I could remember about that far. Um, I, I, th- I think for me it was, you know, just growing up and having the opportunity to play football. And I always used to play for my, my brother's team. I mean, my brother's got some years on me. You know, and I played against grown men when I was a kid. So when I was still at school, like 12, 11, 12, I played against grown men. In an open-age team? Yeah. Age 12? Yeah. In yeah. Nottingham? That's right. Because they, they thought I was more than good enough. My brother thought I was more good enough to play with grown men. And I remember um, they went to, um, I think it was something like Huddersfield, another little tournament at Huddersfield. And I nicked myself a few goals. And like, people were saying, how old is he, by the way? And my brother was saying, no, I said, kid. Something like 11, 12, and people saying, Are you serious? So, yeah, so, like 12 or whatever. They say, Oh my god, and he's playing against us and he's scoring and he's doing things like he's doing now, you know. And for me, that was just like, Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had the opportunity to play with men and I scored goals and that, but did I ever believe I'd get to the, the pinnacle of football? Most probably not, because you don't think like that. That's no. yeah, my aspirations were to play football. At the best level I could, you know. That's, those were my aspirations. To achieve what I achieved, I, I, I didn't ever sit there and say, yeah, I could achieve this. Because you don't. You just want to play at your highest level. You talk about looking forward. You've had a, a pretty rough few years and you've been very open about this. You know, you've spoken publicly about your health, about your, your transplant, about depression. You've had other things going on in your life. How are you feeling now at the start of 2019? Uh, you know, it's, it's the craziest thing, you know, you've got to take it day by day. I think some days are good and some days are bad. It's, it's, a, it's an ongoing process because the mind is so powerful. When you constantly question yourself, because that's all you're doing is questioning yourself. 
And the end asks you, why do you question yourself? Why, why are you questioning what you're exactly. questioning? You're just questioning, you're constantly questioning yourself. Like, how can you become a better person? If someone, you do something that knocks you off key for that day, you say, oh, but that happened. And, you know, you said, you've got to try and stay as positive as you can. You know, and we, I think we all, all as people, we always try and stay positive, but some days, you know, the smallest thing can just knock you off key. And then you start scratching around and say, right, tomorrow's a new day, and you start again tomorrow. So it's, it's a process. It definitely is a process. You feel it's, it's a process that's getting better? Oh, you're going to have knockbacks, aren't you? you know, yeah. You've been through a lot of... Well, it's, a lot. I'm, all, 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 I, all I keep saying now is, you know, day by day I'm trying. Yeah. Trying, you know, you get to the stage where you try and say, "Oh man, today was a really good day." Hopefully, tomorrow's that way. You know, so you, you just keep trying. You keep trying. You've involvement in football now. I know you work as an ambassador for Manchester United. Do you enjoy that? I, I, I do. I, I really do enjoy it. Um, I think is I can't do as much as I used to do. It's obviously due to the illness and whatever. So trap flying around the world yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but I, I, I still enjoy it. You know. For Manchester United to give me the opportunity to have started in the first place, you know, that, that, that was very, very nice. Does that help former players? Because I know lads from the 70s who really appreciate that work in the lounges. They've, they've got no money. They, mm. they were big names, they were big stars, some of them. Is, is it a good thing for former players? Yeah, I think it's a brilliant thing. I, I really do think it's a brilliant thing. It gives everyone the opportunity to uh, continue their life, especially with the people that they spent so many years with. Yeah. You know, I think that's been really good. And even lads who shied away from it. I'll give you one example, Jerry Daly. Um, he just shied away from it. He just did. He thought that was a part of my life and I don't want to go back there. But when he started coming back, he really enjoyed it, meeting mm. people. And I, 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 I was of the same ilk because I, I remember when I first got asked to do it and they asked me and I said, look, I don't want people to think that I'm hanging on to my, my career yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I said, look, I've done it, I enjoyed it and... I want to try and just move on my life. And they said, look, Coley, come back and give it a go. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And I went in, I said, OK, I went in. And I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the other side of the game. I enjoyed all the banter when I did catch up with the boys and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's special because, unfortunately, with football, you, you play together for possibly 10 years, 12 years or whatever. And everyone goes the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's this point that everyone goes the wrong way because yeah. you never you never know what someone else is doing in their own life. Forget if it, if they're not managing or whatever. Yeah. We never know what's going so on. So you have this incredible bond because you were saying that some of your former teammates have now they've left or they're leaving Manchester. Yes. And you your best mates with them. You're travelling the world with them. You're becoming the best team in England, Europe, the world, and then it slowly sort of fades fades away. Yeah. We appreciate the support of our sponsors, including Harry's. Harry's story is that for decades, one big razor company relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers. So Jeff and Andy, two ordinary lads who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's offers their blades at half the price. They're amazing quality blades, a half the price of the leading five blade brand. Well, what do you get with Harry's? Harry's razors include everything you need for a close shave. You get a weighted ergonomic handle, five 
precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, a rich shave gel and a travel blade cover. We've got an offer for United We Stand listeners where you can get started shaving with Harry's today and claim a trial set for just £3.95. So you can support our podcast, get your trial set delivered to you, including the razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash united right now that's harrys.com forward slash united well what about the present then have you got any other plans to work in football well i've, I've, I've been asked at the moment uh, by so so campbell to go is he a good lad Tom? he's a good boy he's a good boy. i've always gotten really really well with him yeah um i think people might say because you know we're as deep as each other at times you know right you know we, we've got on really well uh, and he's asked me to go in a couple of times a week at Macclesfield. And I said, yeah. He's doing well there. He's, he's, he's done really well. He's done really well. So I said, yeah, you know, he, at the moment he, he gets me out of the house, you know, which, which I need to do. And he gives me opportunity, you know, to give back. You know, I've always had that belief that I could give something back if given the opportunity. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that a go and, and see how it works out. So working for Macclesfield Town? Yeah. Doing, helping the strikers? That's right, yeah. Telling them where to put the ball. Well, yeah, yeah, but it, just like anything in life, it's all about confidence. I mean, I, I can, I can tell someone repeatedly a hundred times what to do, but ultimately it's that individual who's got to do it. So it's not a case of what I tell them to do; it's the case of you know, can they take it all in and decide for themselves what they're trying to do. So if you're going to be working for Macclesfield Town, I think you should know some things about Macclesfield Town Football Club. And on behalf of Macclesfield Town fans, where did he play? What's the name of the ground? Uh, Moss Road. I remember you telling me that. Yeah? <laughs> All right, tell me three things about Macclesfield then. The town or the club? Uh, Macclesfield? Yeah. I can, I can tell you one thing. I don't need three things, not one um, thing. Um, Anything. Doesn't need to be doing with football. If you were describing yeah, Macclesfield... Yeah. How, how would I describe Macclesfield? Um... For me personally, you know, I've got to be honest, I will always regard Macclesfield as a very nice place. Right. Do you know why? Why? Because my daughter was born there. Right, all right. That is one thing. Yeah. Your daughter was born in Macclesfield. Yeah. and um, At the General Hospital? Yeah, the team were brilliant there. I mean, 17 years ago, so... Yeah, so even if I don't know too much about the football club or whatever... The place will always hold a special place in my heart due to that's where my daughter was born. It was famous for making silk. Silk, yeah. All right. That's why they called it silk. The silkman. All right, I'll give you that. I need a third thing. Sammy Mack was manager there. Sammy Mack was manager. His team was the best non-league team I've ever seen. They won the conference in 97. And I watched you play at Leicester one morning for United. And then I went to Kettering to watch Mack Town win the conference. They had a lad called Chris Byrne from Old Trafford in midfield. And he ended up going to Sunderland, who were a Premier League team. Sammy Mack was an absolutely brilliant manager um, to get them into the Football League on that budget. Right, I need a... F- oh, you're giving me the three yeah, things now. All right, furniture. Arriba Bianchi. Right, four things, Ed. So that's based in Macclesfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 I met Nick uh, when we was playing for, when I was playing for Manchester United because in those days when we used to travel to Italy, he was the interpreter for us. Was he? He was, yeah, so that's what I met So him. the lad behind the furniture store in Macclesfield was, man- and it's a famous furniture store, and Mac's also famous for the Mac lads, the band. Um, he was Manchester United's 
interpreter yeah, when you played Italian teams. He certainly was. That's why I got to meet him. I mean, I start to get on really well with him from now. I would love to have seen his face when Sir Alex Ferguson said, you need to check underneath the pasta if an Italian tells you what's underneath it, because he didn't, he, didn't, um, he didn't trust him. So let's look at modern-day Manchester United. Um, well, what, what was Oli going to like? Because you were at the club when he came in, in yeah. the summer of 96. Oli was... He was... He looked, Ollie a, was he, looked, Ollie. he looked about 12. He did. He did. Ollie, Ollie was a... What was your first impression when a 12-year-old walks into the dressing room? <laughs> I think I was like every, everyone else, you know. We'd, we'd never heard of him. Much you know, the clubs, you'd always do their due diligence on whoever they're going to sign or whatever he's coming. Like, the boys looked at him and said, look young or whatever. But I think within time, you know, appreciate just a good finish who he was, Ollie. He was very, very quiet. And I mean, really, really quiet. Was it? Um, yeah. Did Yorkie not try and bring him out of his shell a little bit? Maybe York, by... Yeah, you could try and bring everyone out of their shell. But Oli, Oli was very, very quiet. Right. And he's, he's one of those ones, you know, when people say, who do you believe will become a manager? You'd never looked or said, yeah, Oli would become a manager, but he was so quiet. You know, but in saying that, Spark is the same... People like that. Zinedine Zidane was never seen to be cut out to be a manager. Yeah, yeah. You, you know. I could see it with Guardiola and Luis Enrique, yeah. but there are surprises, aren't there? And Oli, Oli's definitely one of those. You know, he never really said boo to a goose. And I, I always got on well with Oli. You know, what, what, what I, why I like Oli, you know, because me and him used to, like, obviously we all used to train and that, but we used to talk about finishing and what you try and do and all those kind of things. You get in certain areas and, you know, oh, what, why would you? Why would you do that, Cole? Or I say, oh, I'll do that because X, Y, Z, or whatever. So we always try like nick things off each another, you know, when we train and finishing or whatever maybe. Because that's that's I think for me personally, that's how you become a better player. So looking at the strikers that Oli Gunnar's got at Manchester United, I mean, he's been very effusive about them, very positive, and I suppose it works for him to say that. And he says things like, "The strikers here are miles better." than I was. I don't actually believe that, but I can see why he's saying it to give him confidence. Uh, when you look at lads like Martial, Alexis Sanchez, Jesse Lingard, Romulu Lukaku, Marcus Rashford, there's a lot of talent there. Are they the real deal? Or have they still got to prove? Yeah, you've you always proven. Mm. I think every season you've got to prove yourself. And that's why I realise, not, not what I realise, that's what I want to do myself. So I, I understand where Oli's coming from because you've got to give everyone as much confidence as you can. I mean, I see one of his quotes saying, you know, uh, David De Gea could possibly be the greatest goalkeeper. You, you, you've got to do things like that, even if David De Gea is a fantastic goalkeeper. So when he's talking about his centre forwards, yeah, you know, they're all different. They're all different. They're all different to what Oli played with. We're not Manchester United. You know, they've so all got you, different attributes. So your lads at, um, at United do his... Yourself, Ollie, Dwight, and Teddy. I mean, four lads who proved it mm. in massive games consistently. You got four into two, haven't you? It must have been a dream for the manager. How did he keep you all happy? Did you get the hump when, when he dropped you? Yeah, we, we always got the hump. But that's a good thing, though. Well, yeah. Because you're desperate to play. Yeah, def- definitely. And I think what, did, what did each of you bring? What did you. Were you the best. Was he the best. Who was the best finisher? I don't know, because you, you can turn around and... Because you, you've all got to rate yourself as a finisher. You know, because if you don't rate yourself as a finisher, you know, you, you're giving yourself a disjustice. Right, so all four of you could finish. Yeah, but it's, it's what kind of goals you get. Right. You know, because 
if you look at my goals to Ollie's goals to Teddy's goals to Yorkie's goals the rule will be different you know everyone turned around and said oh yeah Cole used to get a lot of his goals in the six yard box or whatever so when I get a chip from the edge of the box or you know something like that people turn around and say oh I didn't know you could do that a goal's a goal it doesn't matter if you chip it from the edge of the box or you get a tap in you know so I mean as, as a goal scorer you've got to have a different array of goals to to be able to get the goals that you do get. Who was the toughest player to play against? Uh, there's plenty of them. Then the old Arsenal back form was probably the, that, was, that was really really tough. Then was it? Tough, yeah. Especially at hybrid as well. Hybrid high pitch. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Tony Adams. Yeah, Steve Bold. Steve Bold. Yeah. Keown. Keown. Yeah. So those Lee Dixon. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And what about in Europe? In Europe, uh, where. Uh, Int, no, Juventus, sorry. Yeah, Montero, was Montero. it? Montero. Dirty fella. He was tough, yeah. yeah. The other boy he played against him. Yeah. Uh, Ferreira, was it? Yeah. He, he, them, them two were very, very tough. Because Juventus, at that stage, before we beat them, you know, they were the best team in Europe. Yeah, I mean, and in the, the world. Yeah. Um, you could see why we were the players that had such... So, so, so I those, thought they were the best team in the world when they came to Old Trafford in the first leg and battered you yeah, and they, were lucky to, you were lucky yeah. to get a draw I mean, we nicked one Kicks, he got a late goal made it 1-1 one, one. they yeah. were brilliant that day I remember Conte midfield Conte was, he was to be fair Conte was then as a player what he was as a manager he never ever stopped and just like when he manages he never stopped on the line so you know but second leg like you said that they, they outplayed us comfortably in the first leg but second leg you know, we played extremely well so the United players now, what does Marcus need to do to improve? What does he do well and how does he improve? I, I, no, good, I, good finish at Tottenham, wasn't it, that? It, it was a good finish. And, you know, watching the game yesterday, we said, you know, I, I look at that one. It's a, good, it's a good finish because I don't think he got it as clean as he would have wanted to. And sometimes in a game or you get a chance, when you want the connection that you really want, you don't get it and it goes in, that's a good thing. But I, I think with Marcus, you know, he's, he's just got to keep working on the things that got him into the team. That's what he's got to keep working on. I think Marcus, you know, he got himself into the stage when he kept wanting it to feet, feet, feet. And when he got into the team, he used his blistering pace to get him behind. And if you watch the, the way the game's played now, all the centre forwards want it to the feet. No one wants to run him behind. So everything is so condensed. You know? I watch it now and say to myself, wow, there's about 20 yards of space in behind. Why don't someone run him behind? So... If he continues to do that, mix his game up every now and then, get it short, and every now and then spin him behind and get the space, you know. So do both. Yeah, definitely. You know, because if you look at someone like Jamie Vardy, you know, people talk about him like he's revolutionised playing centre forward. No, he hasn't. He uses his attributes <coughs> speed. You know, and he stretches the game. So he's having a difficult time at the moment because, you know, the manager wants to play, play, play. You know, that's not Vardy's strength. And a lot of teams play like that now. Overplay, you've got to stretch the game because the goalie's never ever going to move. Jesse. Jesse, um, I, remember, I remember when I speak to Gaffer about him. And the gaffer used to Which say, Gaffer? Uh, or oh, is there only, only one Gaffer? Only one. Okay. Only one. Uh, and he used to say, you know, Jesse, oh, he's, he's going to be like um, a Tigana type player. Jean Tigana. Yeah, he, France. He, was, he was a player as well. Yeah? And, yeah. And Joseph, I mean, Jesse was, he's, he's a late developer, you know, he's had many loans, you know, never really nailed it down. 
And then he's, he's had the opportunity at Manchester United now. And I think Jesse said it, said it himself. He plays better for England than he's done for Manchester United. Why? Well, or Mourinho was Manchester United. Because you're not yeah, really... Ex- exactly. You know, mostly because he's given more freedom and, you know, he's got goals and whatever. But it, it, it'll always... So are they now getting more freedom under Ole Gunnar? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's six games in, but it's okay. looking that way. The, yeah. If you, if you listen to, like, Paul Pogba's comments as well, that's basically what he's saying. Now he's got freedom. Um, he's been he's been battered all season and now he's playing extremely well produced a pass like that um, against Tottenham and everyone's talking about this is a poor Pogba but you know you play in a structure that your manager, your manager gives you you know and if you're held back in that structure of course you're not going to give your best well not give your best but you're not going to play your best and now you, I think everyone's starting to see the real poor Pogba he's got what four goals yeah in the past, what, three games? But the, games? the goal-scoring rate has just shot up because United had a negative goal difference. You, you have to play with freedom. You yeah. have to play with freedom. And that fills, filters into confidence, doesn't yeah. it? It's all it's all about confidence. You've got to play freedom. Manchester United have always played with freedom. They've always played with creativity. That's the DNA of the club? Yes. Right. You know, you've, got to play, you've got to create chances. You can't, if you don't create chances, how can you expect your centre-forwards to score goals or your wide men to score goals? You've got to create... So where do you create it from? Wide areas or, you know, I mean, someone produces pass from midfield, like i.e. Pogba against Spurs. So you, you've got to create. And I think since Solly's gone in, it's like he said to him, you have to play, but you've got to create chance. You've got to create chance for your centre-forward. That ball from Pogba for Marcus was just fantastic. But that's Paul Pogba in abundance. Right. You know, now, I, I, I've never worked for Mourinho or not. Excuse me. I don't know like that. I've never criticised him because he's an unbelievable manager who's achieved a lot. Most probably, Paul would never produce that pass in a Jose team lineup, you know, because he's mostly said, don't do it, keep it simple or whatever, maybe. But the, you, you've got to, with flair players, you just got to let them play. And I think Paul said himself, he's not the best defensively, you know. He's being honest. But what he'll give you in attack wise, goals, assists, or whatever, that's what he's about. Anthony Martial is someone who, um, when he's running at players, he's two-footed, he's fast, he must be impossible to defend against. Yeah, I watched Mourinho closely and he, he could see by the manager's body language. If he lost the ball, which wingers are going to do or wide men are going to do, or if he didn't come back, he would. You know, he kept saying he needs to earn my trust, he needs to earn my trust. But there's a great player in there somewhere, isn't there, with there Martial? Is. There is. When you talk about you, you've got to earn your manager's trust and that, you know, we've all got to earn our manager's trust. But on the flip side of that, you know, the manager has to give him the opportunity to express himself. He's a flair player. And you like Martial? I, I do like him. I, I really do like him. He's a baby. You know, he's learning. He, I think he can become what he wants to become. I really do because he's very, very special. It looked like he was going to leave. He said he was going to leave, but that's now changed. He doesn't want to go. Well, there you go. So what does that tell you? That obviously tells you he's a lot happier. Happier, more confident. Yeah. Um, Romulo Lukaku, he's had a rough season this year, hasn't he? had a good first year. He scored a lot of goals. His confidence looks absolutely shot. Does he just got a need to find his, his groove again? Or he's... is the way the team playing... But better suited to him because he's not even in the starting lineup really now. No, I, I think he's got to find his, his, his mojo. And he, like I said, and I will continue to say his, his mojo has come. He comes from confidence. He comes from confidence. And I, I watched him. And I could tell this next centre forward. You know, he's low on confidence because the first thing starts to go is your movement. You know, and I watched him under holes in. He wasn't moving. 
you know, and so you stop making the runs. Yeah, you do because you stop believing in yourself. So, you know, I'm I'm honest. I ain't gonna try and disrespect any of the boys because I've I've been in that position. You know, but I used to watch Ram and say myself, he's not moving. Then, you know, with all the hand gestures and you you say you you try to kid on. You try to kid on a little bit. Yeah, low, on, low on confidence. Exactly. You're trying to kid on and say, oh, no, I wanted it there, but you've given me here and whatever. Because psychologically, you're saying, well, I don't really want it. You know, I don't really want it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make out that, yeah, you know, that's the way I wanted it. But but once once his confidence starts to come, you know, he'll start to score goals and improve. But I think the, the toughest thing for him, and I think he's realising now, there's no weekends off for Manchester United. At Everton, West Brom, Maybe Chelsea to a certain extent. You could have a weekend off because you're not in Europe. Yeah. Well, no, not in that case. Right. I mean the pressure. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can't have a weekend off. I think, like I said, Everton, you could have a weekend off because he was a big fish. Yeah. You know, Manchester United. There's no weekends off because everyone wants to beat Manchester United. And if you ever look at a lot of his goals that he got from Everton, yeah, a lot of his goals with his strength, his power, his pace by running behind people. Rom's has to work on a lot of things because we always got to do he's a young man still improving now me watching him and if he ever come to me for advice or ask me for advice what I would turn around and say is this, yeah, well, if that's not your biggest strength getting into your feet yeah, your asset is your pace use your pace so even if you come short and you're spinning long and someone sits you in you're bullying people like you're dumb throughout your career to get your goals because you're so strong as well yeah do that do that no? Or if you get it, just play one touch, you slip it back in and then you move again. You know, instead of like trying to get it and get hold of it and then you're fighting your touch and all that kind of stuff. No? Basics, just get yourself back to basics and it'll be okay. Yeah, I think yeah. He, he can be, have an important view. Yeah, he's, he's got to, he's got to because all the boys out front are going to have the opportunity. So the only one who hasn't really had it because he's been injured is Alexis Sanchez. I watched him at Barcelona and he was very, very good. He wasn't Messi's standard, no chance, no one is. And his job was basically just to get the ball to Messi. And then at Arsenal, he came into his own because he was the, the main man there. I've been very disappointed with him since he joined Manchester United a year ago this week. I still think there's a very good player in there. I still think that he's very, very talented. He's versatile, he's fast, he can... I'm told that he trains well, he works hard. There's never been any... Um, question marks on, on his professionalism it's just not happened for him is he another one who can benefit from this I, I think surge of enthusiasm and what does he do well it will benefit because you, you, you never become a bad player overnight he won't do that you know when he left Arsenal and come to Manchester United Man United played a totally different game to Arsenal yeah and um, like I said we've got to be brutally honest as well if you come from one club they play one way you go to another one You've got to change as a player. You have to change. So mid-season, that's quite a difficult yeah. thing to do. And it's been difficult for him to change. In, in that Mourinho team, which was difficult for everyone, it was obvious. Yeah. You know. uh, his work ethic, I believe, was exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, yes, he was giving the, the ball away a little bit too much in trying to try things to engulf the flame in himself. You know, because he, he, wanted, he wanted to do the best he could do. He wanted to score goals. Or he wanted to produce a pass that you know, would bring him to light as well as the team. And it, it was difficult for him because Manchester United weren't, were not playing that way. You know, I don't know what he was told when he came to Manchester United about how he was going to play and his position or whatever, but it hadn't worked out. 
So I'm not going to sit and say he can't improve. Yes, he, he will improve because everyone else since Oli's taken over has improved. You know, Marcus is getting goals now. Yeah. Jess is playing better. Yeah. You know, um, Lukaku's come off the bench and got two and two. So he's improving as well. So what, what Sanchez has got, he's got, he's got good ability, he's got um, good pace. He's, you know what? He's, he never stops running. Yeah. He's perpetual. He's closing down. He wants it. He's like, he's like a little kid. Like a little kid who's, who's got a new football and wants to show everyone just how good he is. And, and I mean, He was like that Arsenal. And he scored goals as well. He should be a match winner, Sean. He should be a big game match winner. He's... I think, I think he, he, he will be. So, when United beat PSG home and away, and then they beat they knocked Manchester City out of Europe in the last eight, knocked Liverpool out in the semi-finals, reached the Champions League final this year against Real Madrid, you think Sanchez is the man who's capable of winning games like that? Am I getting dreamy here? Yeah, I think you're getting dreamy here. I think Sanchez can... Uh... I actually had a bet on. I'm not a, a, a big uh, gambling man, but I put twenty pound on Manchester United to to win the the Champions League this year at forty one to one. And my mate just said, "I'll pay you out my own pocket if that comes through." Well, that, that's but, that, like you said, that is a bet. That was before Ollie Gunnar had managed the game. I tell you what, I'd, I, I think I'd be surprised if Man United knocked PSG out at this moment because I've. PSG are very, very good. I've watched them live this year and they've got so much pace up front. Um, and everyone talks about Neymar and Mbappe, but Di Maria chips in. They've got brilliant midfielders. They've got two brilliant goalkeepers. They don't want or need David De Gea, who was not bad against Tottenham, by the way, was it? Uh, and David De Gea, he's, he's become beyond a freak now. You know, he's, he's Michael S. I mean, Pete used to do certain stuff in the game trying to say, oh, no, that's not quite right. And... David here yesterday, well, sorry, against the Tottenham game. It wasn't quite right. It wasn't quite right. It's 11 shots, he saved. Yeah. Not Mickey Mouse saves as well. You know, these, these are proper ones. and We've got to be honest here. If he didn't make those 11 saves, I know it's kiddies football, it could have been 11-1. Yeah. You know, because these saves are top draw saves. Yeah. You know, so you look at that, you turn and say, oh, without him. But not just this season, last year, yeah, the season yeah. before that. No, Manchester United really, really good show. Yeah. I don't have any doubts about the goalkeeper. I'd have more doubts about some of the defenders in front of him. But if the, ta- if the attackers are doing well and the midfielders are doing well, United have been pretty f- fortunate with injuries as well, not been hammered by injuries this season. It's not looking, it's, things are looking much better than they were a month ago, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But we, we both know football can turn. Yeah. yeah but look at the next games. Brighton, and then I think it's um, Arsenal away, Burnley at home, Leicester away, Fulham away. Could be tougher. It, it could be tougher. But you take every game as it comes. Yeah, but he's doing that. Oh, there you go. You're just winning all of them, just smashing everyone out of the way. Every game is a potential banana skin, you know. Um, especially playing for Manchester United, every game is a potential banana skin. Because I remember the manager always used to say to us, "You guys do make it hard for yourself." Yeah. We're not, boss. We're not trying to make it hard for ourselves. Because, you know, those teams you mentioned there, those are the kind of teams we could end up drawing with, or they would end up beating us because we might not have turned up that day. And that's brought 
you know, the team below us a little bit closer. And he was finishing yeah. first and second every year. Manchester we, United we was were. seventh at the start of December. We were. Wales off the top. You no, know, so that, and that, that's, that's what I'm trying to uh, bring the comparison to. You know, we, we just don't, you, you never know. But if Oli keeps continuing breeding the confidence that he has, then fingers crossed the boys, you'll be able to uh, keep winning football matches. And inevitably, people are going to say, is this the man to become permanent? It's just a... If he wins the European Cup, beating Liverpool with a last-minute goal, he's going to get the job forever. Oh, <laughs> you definitely get the job. But that's for the men at the top of, top of the tree to make that decision. Yeah, but the fans would would sway if uh, if he carries on like like. I mean, I know he's had a very good start, and I, I, I've been a bit light-hearted there, but. If he does, if he overcomes PSG, if he comes close to finishing in the top you'll four... You'll get the job. Exactly. Yeah, of course you'll get exactly. the job. Exactly. You know, I, I don't expect him to, to win the Champions League this year. I'd still be surprised if the team get into the top four, but not half as surprised as it would have been a month ago. I, I, exactly. I think it can... Um, Anything's possible. Um, okay. So, been... Lovely talking to you. Um, I'm just finishing off the latest United We Stand. The course is beautiful. <coughs> We've got some really nice content in there. Your deadline to subscribe. And please do, because absolutely loads of you did last month. And we appreciated that a lot, because the mag needs support. We, as I said, we don't need just ticks and likes on social media. Unfortunately, I can't go to the printers and say, can't pay this month, but the, pop- the front cover is really popular. We need money. And... Uh, but there's definitely a buzz about the mag. Um, the sales have been good because there's just a buzz about the, the club as well. So subscribe before Thursday if you're after that or if you buy it at the ground. We'll be selling it against Brighton. And finally, I'd like to dedicate this podcast to the, the father of a young man who goes on the United We Stands forum all the time. Um, his, his dad... Passed away at the weekend. Big surprise. Blindside prop. This is for you, mate. Uh, and this podcast is dedicated to him. We'll be bringing you the next podcast uh, from Old Trafford at the weekend after the Brighton and Nova Albion game. Andy, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And I hope that things continue to look up for you. Cheers, my friend. And uh, thank you for your time. Cheers. United We Stand and Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Visit redarmybet.com or download the app for all the latest United specials and enhanced odds. The only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans.